Philly Philly Infinity Link, your favorite Eagles podcast, also doubles as a love story, as I like to say. Um, this is post week three, moving on to week four. Honestly, I can't keep up with what episode we on, but I'm glad y'all here and I'm glad y'all enjoying the ride along with us. Q, since your team no longer matters after the curb stomping we put on y'all at y'all shipyard, uh, go back and count our episodes for us if you wouldn't mind, please, sir. Uh, I wish I had like a little ringing door thing, like one of those bells. Uh, so yeah, last check week- out our boy Q's profile picture and uh, Ike Barrett's too. Make sure y'all stop by the BTG page and check out those profile pictures this week if you got time. Yes. Do it before Monday. <clears throat> so this is post week three, moving to week four. Uh, so quick recap of the Bucks game. Of course, we went down to their shipyard and won. Um, I'm glad that those cannons didn't go off much at all. That always makes me feel happy. Um, one end up winning 25 to 11. Um, just so like a little quick recap. Um, Hertz went in there, had 277 passing yards, one touchdown, two interceptions, one that was completely terrible, and one was more of a jump ball with the league to Smitty. So I wasn't too mad at that one. It was more so, hey, I'm up what 10, 12 points. I'm gonna give my guy a shot at the ball. Um, throw that pass if we're not up 17 points when he throws it. So I'm okay with it. Give your guy a shot. Safety made a hell of a play on the ball. Yeah, absolutely. Um, DeAndre Swift turned, turned out another huge game, 16 carries, 130 yards. And, uh, for those people who's not great at math, that's a nice tune of 8.1 yards per carry on average. Uh, Kenny G had 43 rushing yards on 14 carries. Hertz tuned out another 28 yards uh, with 10 carries. And also we got a what do, what do, what do we call the QB sneak now? The brotherly shove. <laughs> I like it though, man. Got a nice ring to it. I'm glad whoever came up with it because the the push push was uh, uh <laughs> as a uh, um. Who was it? J.J. Watt was talking about it this week, and uh, he he even mentioned it. he said horrible name, and I was like, "Wait a second, J.J. We just changed it, man. We just changed." It. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, A.J. Brown went out and had a huge game on fourteen targets. He caught nine of those for one hundred thirty-one yards. Um, Alameda had two catches, fifty-eight yards, and a touchdown. Um, nice improvising on his touchdown as the play broke down. He found himself found a way to get open and. Hurts found him in the end zone uh, for one of our earlier scores. Jalen's career, definitely one of the best throws of Jalen's career thus far. Uh, beautiful ball, hung in the pocket, gave a little bit of time. Lineman crashing down on him as he lets go and just threw an absolute dot uh, to OZ, as I'm going to call him, because ain't no way I can pronounce his name. <laughs> Uh, and man, it may be something to, to look for in the future weeks. Uh, Quez is out again this week, but uh, OZ keeps producing, and uh, Quez might be out of a job, as I believe uh, our boy Don Stradamus predicted in the preseason. Yeah, uh, I wouldn't say like let him completely take over, but um, I definitely think there's room to consider once Quez does come back to alternate the uh, fully healthy, yeah. yeah. And it sounds like with Quez, it's his hamstring. So that's one that, you know, especially for a player like him where so much of his game is based off of his speed, um, you know, you don't want to see him out there until he's fully healthy. So I heard he probably could have gone this week, but 
since it's a leg issue and the way Quez plays and what they expect out of him, they're going to hold him out for another week just to make sure next week he's fully ready to go. Yeah, and I'm perfectly fine with that. Um, because yep. with a hamstring issue for a guy um, whose trait or MO is speed, we definitely want that fully healthy. We don't want him to feel like he can't go out there and run full speed. Um, he's shifty. His agility is something that we look good uh, forward to. And uh, believe it or not, um, at least contested catches like one-on-one, that's actually one of his strengths as well. Um, Getting up, yeah. Yeah, so we definitely want him to come back healthy. Don't want to risk anything. Uh, I'd love to see us get Covey some more slot reps, but obviously he hasn't proven enough to get there. But that's just me being a fan of him. But he did have some huge special teams plays. Uh, which I was happy about. He looked a lot faster. Um, Man. One of those punt returns, he he took one back for 52, and I was mad he didn't take it back all the way. Almost, um, man. Uh, I can't remember how he got tripped up on that one. It wasn't one of those, like, you laugh at him because he got by the punter or nothing. No, somebody made a decent play on it. But, yeah, man, I mean, and I seen – we were talking about it earlier this week. We've seen some stats, you know, since – what was it, week 13 or – 14 of last season, he's been the best uh, statistic-wise. He's been the best punt returner in the game of the NFL. Um, You know, now, granted, they went strictly on punts. Looks like we brought in Devon Allen last week to go through punts a lot. I'm not sure right now who we've elevated this week. I know that's probably not great since it is early Sunday morning, guys. Uh, Don got the cobwebs in our eyes. We walk up to watch the London games and so raring to go for you guys this morning, but yeah, I uh, I, I can't remember on that one, man. <laughs> yeah, but um, to those uh, stats that you was pointing out, I don't want to butcher this guy's name. So we see a lot of things on Twitter, and I want to start citing some of these sources so people don't come at us for plagiarism. We love you all. We just love the stats, and we also reciprocate them. Uh, we'll dish them out to our fans as well. So um, John Ganode, I believe, G O N. Oh, you D. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you're right. Yeah, since week 13 of 2022, 291 punt return yards. That's first in the NFL with an average of 14.6 per return. That's first uh, minimum of 15 returns. He has 13 punt returns of 10 plus yards, which is first. Nine punt returns of 15 plus yards, which is also first. Five punt returns of 20 yards, which is first. And four punt returns of 25 yards, which is first. And I know, like, during the draft, well, um, actually, once we picked him up as an undrafted uh, free agent, um, Drew can tell you I was, like, really excited about this guy just off some things I've seen from his uh, last collegiate game at the Rose Bowl of Utah. It's like, this guy's fast, he's shifty, and everybody just doesn't have the vision for kick returns or punt returns. Yes, you can be fast. Yes, you can juke from one hash to the other hash, but you kind of really have to set it up in, like, four C holes that you can create when uh doing punt returns and kick returns. Um it's kinda like being a running back in a way, but you kinda have to see it a lot more early. Right. Back. And uh, and if speed was all you needed, then Quez or OZ would easily be our kick returners. But as you see, like, you know, not everybody can do it. You know, it's it's just because you're fast and you catch the ball. You gotta be able to read lanes. You gotta know where, you know, like you said, it's a lot like a running back with vision. Uh, that's why a lot of times you see, you know, running backs or wide receivers do it. You've got to have that field vision. Um, 
it's just it takes you know I I I've never officially returned punts in my life, so I can't speak to it. But I can just imagine, you know, it's like catching a big, you know, towering pop fly in baseball. Um, and then after you catch that ball, trying to make sure that you run through and navigate, uh, trying to get to the end zone while, you know, trying not to lose that ball either. So uh, I can just imagine it's not a, necessarily as easy as it looks to us on the television set each week. Yeah. And um, last season, we was very hard on our special teams from the return unit to the kickoff or, yeah, punt team. Um, this year, I mean, it's actually been one of our um, – um, it's actually been one of our stronger units. Um, yeah. I'd say they're playing together more better than the actual offense is outside of DeAndre Swift running the ball. But as a whole – uh huh. And what's most impressive is that, you know, each week there's different cogs on, you know, the elements to these because of the players coming up, coming down, you know, who's been let go, who's come in. Um, so they've done, I mean, you know, we talked about it earlier, uh, they've been lights out, man, so far this season. And I know coming into the season, that was one of the issues that, that we were most worried about. I think uh, the first punt return of the season didn't go that well for us. I think they, they it looked well, uh, but then we knocked the ball out. And ever since then, you know, it kind of – I was like – I just remember watching that first punt return against New England. I was like, God bless, here we go again. Uh, and then the ball got knocked out. And I was like, oh, scrap. And ever since that point, man, I don't – they haven't allowed a big return. Uh the tackling that I've noticed has been really solid. Uh, last year, we struggled in that area a lot, especially on special teams. Uh, even in the Super Bowl, you missed one tackle on Tony, and then he broke open uh, 40-something yards untouched after that and set up their uh, game-winning uh, you know, possession. So the, what was a very, very worrisome unit for us coming into the season, especially with all the changes, uh, fans were really hard on our special teams coordinator, Michael Clay, I believe is his name. I may have missed up on the first one. I know it's Clay. Um, but, you know, he was taking a lot of flack coming into the year. Uh, there was some stuff I had seen and been reading on how ever since he came, we had regressed as a special teams unit. Uh, and people really considering this year to be make or break for him. And I tell you what, if uh, the first three games is an indicator, then that man's uh, – done a hell of a turnaround job this year. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think also another thing with the special teams, especially like the defensive side, um, we just got some guys out there that's hungry who wants to be on the field. Like when you're able to put a guy out there like Sidney Brown, um, I want to say Mario Goodrich has been out there. Eli Ricks has been yeah. out there. Um, guys, yeah. that, I mean, they're not fighting for a roster spot at this point, but um, they're showing that they want to be on this team and they want to contribute in any way possible. Um, I feel like outside of, like, our defensive starters last year, like when people went down, it was kind of hard to replace people, um, especially, like, a safety of those DB positions where we're kind of deeper at the – Defensive backs, I just want to say the whole defensive backfield. Um, we have those extra guys we can deploy on the defensive end um, who obviously want to get out there and play. They don't want to sit there on the sidelines. Um, obviously, we don't want to punt a lot. 
Uh, we want to do a lot of kickoffs for sure, <laughs> but right. we don't. Want so uh, that's something I absolutely be happy about, and I love what we're getting from that unit for sure. Uh, absolutely. Defensive wise, um, I mean, there's some lovely things that I've seen. Um, there was one particular snap where I want to say was it was it Cunningham? Cunningham was down on the line and Hassan was off the line. Mm-hmm. And there was a drop where Cunningham dropped and of course Hassan rushed and it kind of threw off everything Baker wanted to do because right. Cunningham just got like right underneath of where Mike Evans was running on like that uh, out route. And mm-hmm. of course it caused Baker to have like a hitch and then he threw an incompletion. So I'm loving the wrinkles I'm seeing out of the side. Um, just things that we clearly didn't see out again and like switching things up, um, having right. backers line up on the ball and then drop and Hassan being more off the ball, well, off the line and then rushing off of that. I love it. I want to continue more things like that for sure. Um, Good fact. I know. So and, and I had that uh, in our notes too. So, you know, we can go ahead and expand on that a little bit. Yeah. I mean, he really, this was, uh, I, to me, the Tampa game was his coming out party. Uh, he really showed out this week, man. We we looked absolutely dominant. We looked shades of what we were most of the year last year, except for different because we are at – you can't run on us, man. Uh, teams are – I wonder if eventually, you know, I think during the Bucks game you seen they were like, you know, screw it, we can't run. We're just not going to do it no more. We might – you know, we got to run once or twice every series and try to keep the offense honest – but our defense honest, but you know, man, just the, the, the little things that you were just mentioning that he does, the subtle switches, the different looks, the confusions that he gives was a lot of what we've seen. And, and in my opinion, a lot of what Jonathan Gannon struggles with uh, adjustments, noticing what the offense is trying to do. This whole thing is like a chess match guys. You know, you're moving your pieces one place. The other team's trying to move. There's other to counter guys. And the whole goal is the same. You know, we're all trying to capture the king. So, you know, to see him and how he's done in that chess match, one of the things we talked about a lot before the season, me and Dom were really excited to see. Uh, we're very curious to see. Um, and, I mean, man, it, it's it's been beautiful. Uh, you know, we've had our lapses, and people could have expected more out of the defense somewhat already this season. Uh, but, man, he really just – he showed out. Uh, and one of the things I want to point out is, man, when we put Bradbury in that slot, uh, it eliminates basically one side of the field for a quarterback uh, when you got Slay on the outside of him. And you saw that time and time again, uh, especially Monday night, being first night running him in the slot. Uh, I mean, Baker would it seem to just shy away from that side of the field. Uh, and then on the great interception by our boy, uh, Ghost Blankenship and Reed Blankenship, as uh, I think I texted you, man, I was laughing at myself because as soon as he picked it, I was like, all right, and I was screaming at him like Ed was his first name. Uh, <laughs> so hell of a play by Blankenship, broke on the ball. Uh, Fran Duffy, who's a, uh, one of the Eagles insiders, does a great job, guys, on that play of breaking that all 22 down. Uh, and showing you just how great of a play that was by Reed. So I highly recommend checking that out as well. But, yeah, man, uh, 
what else you got to add there, man? Because I know you have uh, been big on your boy Sean Desai too. So he, he really showed out Monday night, man. Shock Doc with the huge interception, man. Um, read it beautifully. Um, as you said, half the field was taken away. And uh, Reed was just able to kind of sit and wait on it. Baker was really late on that throw. Um, mm-hmm. And he saw it the whole way. So going from like an undrafted free agent, um, and in your second year, you're starting on uh, one of the NFL's top defenses. Um, that's an amazing story there in itself. Um, other things I wanted to point out with the development, um, I'm pretty sure not only the size had a huge role in this, but also the defensive lines coach, is um, Jordan Davis, man. There's technical things that I'm seeing that he's become a lot better at. Um, he's not letting guys get in his body. Like um, when there's rushes coming his way, he is extending. He has his arms fully extended so he can disengage off that block and get immediately after the ball. Um, it's helped his uh, pass rushing and obviously definitely in the run game um, because when you have a guy that size, that athletic, that fast, and you can't get underneath his shoulder pass because, of course, as an offensive lineman, you want to get like right where those buckles is um, with the shoulder pads, and that's kind of how you control somebody and move them around. And Davis right. – giving you a chance to do that. He's attacking, extending his arm, and just waiting for the running back to pick a hole so he can go ahead and clog it, which, um, yeah. Um, so just a, I want to give a huge round of applause to Jordan Davis and his uh, development there. Development, absolutely. Because um, it's really hard to double-team anyone on that line, and um, you want to double-team probably Fletch, then you want to double-team Carter, then you want to double-team Jordan yeah. And then you got Hassan running free. And speaking of Hassan, he's finally came out of that, uh, what was it, like a hand cast or something. He said he wasn't mm-hmm. that like uh, be like a reason he hasn't recorded a sack this year, but obviously he's happy to be out of it. You know, and I was reading his numbers, like as far as QB hits, pressures, and sacks are like right where they were at at this time last year after three games too. He really like, he came on. Um, and I remember, like, you know, even last year, um, Nick was talking about how close he was. And so uh, one of the things that I was encouraged by by Hassan, because I know people are a little concerned about his start, um, was that his win rate as far as pass rush win rate is a lot higher than it was last year already. Um, he's having more success. So to hear, you know, that that cast is off, he feels more free. Uh, like you mentioned, he said he's not one to make excuses, um, you know, but when you have something like that on your hand, Hassan's not a big guy. He's not a guy that's going to overpower you with strength. So his technique and his movement is really, and his speed is what makes him as good as he is. So if you have just a slight issue holding that back, whether it be a leg issue or a cast on your hand where you can't, grip and push off these linemen as well or get up under their pads as well, you know, it's going to make a little bit of a difference. So, you know, I'm interested to see, especially against a subpar offensive line this week, uh, how they show out. Also, a couple notes for you, man. Uh, Just came across my timeline. Justin Evans and Sidney Brown are both inactive um, today against Washington. Uh, from what I was reading this morning, it sounds like uh, Keely Ringo is going to get some looks back there. Uh, so safety will definitely be a position to watch today. 
Um, don't want to see Terry McLaurin, Jahan Dotson, or Samuel going over our heads for uh, any deep plays for Sam Howell today. So the line needs to make sure they get there. Absolutely. And to kind of uh, go more into Hassan and kind of flash forward to the game that we're about to watch today at 1. Um, Hassan actually has a revenge game this year. Um, he's going up against primarily Andrew Wiley, who held Hassan without a sack in last year's Super Bowl. Um, don't want to say it was all on him, uh, but we're not going to keep flashing back to that. But um, something Hassan also pointed out that um, offensive lines are doing to him, it's been a lot of chip blocking on the edges, so kind of slowing them down. But with the emergence between Carter, um, Fletch, um, Davis, also Milton Williams, and I can never pronounce the other guy's name, too. Yeah. Uh, Tuata, yeah. And, and uh, more on Jalen Carter. He is the highest-rated defensive tackle for PFF right now. Uh, and Jordan Davis is, like, number four, I believe. And another thing I can't – I'd be remiss not to mention – Man, he looked pretty rough last year, and a lot of people were saying that his his best football was behind him. But there has been an absolute rejuvenation to Fletcher Cox this year, if you're watching our defensive line playing football. He looks faster. He is shedding these blocks quicker. And he looks like he's having a whole lot of fun out there. And so they were asking him about it this week, and he said he can't lie. These young guys are rejuvenating him and got him – excited and it's a competition and you know as Brandon Graham alluded to you know when you feel these young guys breathing down your neck and they know so there's no you know locker room animosity they know these guys are the future when they know how good they are but when you see that and you know you're in the twilight of your career and it's closing a little harder for you I mean Brandon Graham had a career year for sacks last year and look it was because of the talent around him now we've added Smith to that locker room, you know, or that that edge rusher room, whatever you want to call it. So these young guys have got these old guys playing better, not necessarily for fear out of their job, but, you know, the, hey, I ain't just going to hand my job over to you that easy, young buck. You're going to have to earn it. And that's exactly what Brandon Graham had mentioned this week is I'm not going to give anything away easily to these young guys. They're going to have to earn everything they get. And the culture that that established, man, we just can't speak to how great that is. Because uh, we've watched many other uh, cultures that just don't have that. Absolutely. And some uh, notes I had from the last game, um, more so on the overall team. Um, so seven of Tampa Bay's uh, first 16 plays were runs, but they just went for 15 yards. Yes, first 16 plays were runs, and they only went for 15 total yards. You can't run on us, man. You can't run on us. Yeah, they only ran ten more times the entire rest of the game, and of Tampa, yeah, and of Tampa, seventeen running plays, ten went for two yards or less, and only two were longer than four yards. And all um, the Eagles have faced forty-eight running plays this year, and only nine have gone for more than five yards. Um, Twenty-four of them, exactly half, have been for two yards or less. Um, late in the third quarter, Rashad White got the ball on first down on the Bucks one-yard line. And Jalen Carter and Jordan Davis, um, the Great Wall of Georgia, um, got a huge push. And Nicholas uh, Morrow burst through the opening um, they carved out. He literally snuck through that little crease. Right. right. <laughs> and, um, tough white for a one-yard loss and a safety. Um, 
It was the first time the Eagles recorded a safety by tackling a running back in the end zone since 2013 when oh, wow. uh, Cedric Davis uh yes not Cedric Davis Cedric Thornton stopped Matt Forte for a two-yard loss in the end zone in the Eagles 54 to 11 win at the link um another thing um this is more to our running back field the Eagles are using just 2.56 percent of their cap on running backs this year and it's been worth every penny only the 18th team um since 1948 a span of 76 years to allow 145 or fewer rushing yards through the first three games of a season. Uh, we're also the ninth team in the last 25 years to allow six or fewer, fewer rushing first downs through the first three games. And for the first time since at least 1949 and quite possibly ever, the Eagles haven't allowed a run longer than 12 yards in the first three games, and data before 1949 isn't available. Right. Wow. And I got I got another cool little stat. Uh, I wish I could give the person I saw on Twitter the props for it, but I can't remember right now. Um, off of turnovers, um, off of our turnovers, so the other teams, the opponent's points off of turnovers is zero. The Eagles' points off of our turnovers is two. If that's just a cool little fun stat for you. So we haven't been scored on when we've turned the ball over. Uh, I think what we've had maybe – a fumble by Jalen, um, and then it's three interceptions that are on the year. So I think all four turnovers might have been from him this year. Uh, I could be mistaken there. But the the other team has not scored off of them. Uh, we have, of course, with that interception he threw uh, at the two-yard line, one-yard line, whatever that was last week. Of course, it turned into the safety that we were just alluding to. Uh, so cool little stat. I obviously don't expect that to stay. Uh, but just so far, at least three games for the season. Uh, cool little stat for us. We're scoring more points off of our turnovers than the other team. Yeah. Um, to highlight a little bit on Swift here, um, at this rate, I'm honestly predicting he might win a rushing title. Um, he has 308 rushing yards and an absurd 250 yards before contact. Jeez. You know, and that's good for number two in the NFL, y'all, at least on the rushing yards. Uh, and you got to remember, he only touched the ball twice in our first game. That was a pass that was thrown at him that wasn't completed and the one run we got him in there for. I uh, don't think you'll see that again. Uh, I think, if anything else, he has firmly established himself as RB1. Uh, I think the only time he needs to come out of the game is when he needs a break. Otherwise, feed that damn man and let him get back behind our line. <laughs> yeah. Um, and the vision. The or as the notes say, give Swift the damn ball. <laughs> yeah, his vision and uh, just his agility and uh, setting up his blocks is a wonderful thing. And, yeah, just keep letting them hogs get out there and uh, getting that momentum earlier in the game. I feel like it really gets us going when they get to go out there and attack instead of waiting right. for to rush towards them for sure. And we are facing a bottom five against the run defense this week. Um, you know, as I mentioned on our Pick'em show, uh, shout out to the guys over there. Um, they just, they really, uh, besides that line, you know, they do have a very good off or defensive line in Washington uh, with campaign, uh, Chase Young, um, and all them boys over there. Um, they, they do have a good line. 
Um, however, after the line, there's not really much. There's not really any linebackers out there, it appears, that I couldn't even name to you one of their linebackers right now. Uh, their secondary room, uh, not much to speak on. Another thing to be a fun fact for today, uh, if I'm ruining this for you, my fault. Uh, Devontae Smith. Uh, is ready to go today, and he gets – I can't remember his first name. It's not Emmanuel Forbes, um, but the Forbes kid uh, that was talking a lot from Mississippi State about Devontae was the number one receiver he wanted to play. That matchup will get to play out today. Uh, I do expect uh, with how weak their secondary is, uh, I think today you'll see both Smitty and AJ get on the board. That's my little prediction for today. Unfortunately – uh, our passing game slowed down. It started so hot, man. We had over 150 yards at halftime. Uh, Jalen was looking real good, minus the one interception that was clearly miscommunication. Um, you know, we were humming, man. Uh, and then, you know, I, I do have to say, A.J. Brown, don't you eat another damn Taki in your life. You dropped two touchdown passes. And all I needed, my guy, was one, and I would have completed the most incredible comeback uh, in fantasy football history. I went into uh, Sunday night's game being down over 100 points uh, in between Devontae Adams, um, Evan McPherson, and A.J. Brown was all I had left. And had A.J. just caught one touchdown pass, man, I would have completed the comeback. <laughs> I lost by three freaking points. I was so pissed. <laughs> yeah. Uh, another. So question. no more talkies, AJ. No more talkies. But all right, dog. Continue on, man. <laughs> Speaking of AJ, that uh, thing where they made him switch the cleats and the possible fine. I'm not sure if he actually got fined for it yet. But the no, lighter yellow, he would have. They would have fined him seven. That's bullshit, too. I agree with him on that. Yeah, wearing it out there so his daughter can easily spot where he is on the field. Um, no harm, no foul. But um, hurts. you know they told him that he had to come. That hey, he had to take him out, or we had to take him out. I I thought that that one kind of surprised me a little bit. I thought it would be a effort let him play and we'll we'll play the fine thing. Um, but yeah, apparently our equipment guy told him that the NFL had buzzed down and said if we didn't, if he didn't go change him, he he had to be taken out of the game. Wow! I was to me that's like that's you're you're policing it a little too far. I understand that you don't want you know just all kinds of chaos with the cleats or whatnot, but those actually look slick uh, with our even with the all whites, you know. And like you said, it's there necessarily for his daughter as well um you know which adds up to it so come on roger man we we got to review this because you know that, that should be one thing i love the one of the funnest weeks of the year is where the my cause my cleats where everybody's getting to wear all these different cleats that they want um you know so come on man I, I, that 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 leads to the no fun league comments you know there shouldn't be any discussion now, if it's overbearing or something, I completely understand. Yes, he was very bright out there, but man, that wasn't aesthetically unpleasing or anything. It wasn't an abomination out there. So get the stick out your ass, Roger. Come on, man. Absolutely. Um, Hertz is currently 20 and one in his last 21 regular season games. <clears throat> oh, excuse me. 
And I want to say I seen the list. There was only like nine quarterbacks who've done that in a 21 game span. Yeah. Um, kind of flashing back to Jalen Carter here. Um, could he not only win rookie of the year, but also snatch defensive player of the year? I don't know. He will have the full credentials to win defensive player of the year when you got people out there like Parsons and TJ Watts and everything like that. Uh, but, um, just looking like at some of like the double team percentages, Aaron Donald's at 55% double team, uh, rate. Hargraves at 56%. Fletch is at 58. Jeffrey Simmons is at 60. And Jalen Carter is at a whopping 69%. So 69% of the time he's out there getting double teamed and someone like Fletch and or like Jordan Davis is uh, getting getting single. Single blocked. (laughs) Yeah. It's kind of like they're picking and choosing between Fletch and Jalen Carter. When Fletch isn't out there, they're double teaming Carter and Jordan Davis is free. When both of them are out there, Jalen Carter is probably getting those free rushes. It's kind of a pick your poison thing there. But uh yeah, um I wonder if he does possibly have the chance to win defensive player of the year and will he actually have like the stats uh to actually go for that? Because of course he got the forced fumble. Um I love right. um when there's a uh, defensive tackle who doesn't give up on a play because um, he had to run. He had to hustle to get that uh, strip. No, it was a hell of an awareness play. I mean, like you said, that was beautiful. That was that was one of the better plays I've seen from a defensive tackle ever, uh, not just an Eagles player. Um, you don't see that very often where a pass that goes behind a defensive tackle that is engaged in a block. You know, he was being blocked at the time. And to have the awareness on the field, to see that ball go over your head, push the guy that's currently locked in with you off of you, and then turn around and make that play. I I mean, I don't know that I've ever seen anything like it before uh, from a defensive tackle, from a a guy that big. Absolutely. They're not supposed to do that. (laughs) They're not supposed to be able to move like that. The kid is a freak of nature. Uh, And thank, thank you. We need to send the entire NFL Christmas cards for thanking him, uh, for for thanking them for letting him fall to us. Because, my God, uh, they I think it was Thomas Peterson that put it out. Uh, one of the Eagles content guys I've told y'all before, really good guy to follow, breaks down the All-22 really well, really knows what he's talking about and got great insight for us Eagles fans. Uh, they were breaking down the stats between um, Carter and Hargrave. Uh, they're almost identical. Uh, both of them have two sacks. Uh, but I think Javon has more pressures. They both have the same amount of QB hits. And or, uh, and Jalen's played, like, a lot less snaps because, of course, their, their line isn't like ours to where they rotate a lot over there um, in San Fran with the backup guys and stuff like that. So, I think Hargraves played like maybe it was almost like 60 more snaps than Jalen Carter had at this point. And the numbers are absolutely identical. So speaks a lot to uh, we talked about it in the offseason that, yes, we were losing something not to take anything away from Javon. He's a great player. Uh, we certainly do miss seeing him around the facility. Uh, but as far as uh, overall defensive standpoint, uh, I don't think we miss him very much. Um, our run game is way better. Uh, our defensive run game is way better 
this year, you know, against the run. Uh, we And we are getting at the quarterback um, just as much as we were last year. The biggest thing is, is the teams have made it an emphasis to get that ball out quick on us. You saw that a lot with uh, Baker as well. And when we started to have some success was when they were calling those plays uh, where Baker needed a little more time in the pocket because you, you're you not getting that against us. Absolutely. We're going to take a quick break here. Uh, we're going to come back and kind of preview this game that we got coming up against the Commanders. Stay put. Uh, Nephew Q, go ahead and hit us with a nice little commercial break. Drew and Don will be right back with you. Hey, man, what's up? What's happening? Check this out and dig this. You already know who it is and what it is. It's your boy, Nephew Q, host of the world's most dangerous sports show, Beyond the Game. And I need everybody listening to the sound of my voice to do your boy a favor. Just one favor, one time for the one time. I need you to go like, share, and subscribe to the YouTube channels, KY Beyond the Game, Conversations with Q, and Spoken Minds. But if you can't sit down and watch us on YouTube, don't trip, don't worry. We got you covered with that as we have a whole network of podcasts shows for you to download and listen to while you're going on your morning jog while you're driving to and from work are you getting your morning workout in make sure you download and subscribe to podcasts like spoken minds hosted by chris jones and ike Barron, where they talk about entertainment and sports in ways that you never ever heard before or you can download and listen to conversations with you hosted by myself a show about life love entertainment sports culture society all wrapped up into one but if relationships is your flavor don't worry you can check out our he said she said podcast and we'll have you covered with that fantasy football owners make sure you tap into the we so ky fantasy football league that doubles also as a fantasy football league it is the best fantasy football league and podcast in the world not just the city but the world craig but college basketball fans if you into that we have the heels half eyes podcast hosted by don J that covers everything university of north carolina basketball related hey bbn wildcat nation make sure you tap into the i rock uk blue show hosted by rich the bull and bravo where they talk about everything that's going on with coach cal and the university of kentucky basketball team Fly Eagles Fly. NFL fans, if you're a fan of the Philadelphia Eagles, well, check out the Infinity Link podcast, a Philadelphia Eagles love story hosted by Don, Jay, and Drew. NBA fans, if you want to be up to date what's going on with LeBron and Steph and Katie and everything in the NBA, then check out the Fast Break podcast hosted by KJ and myself. And you can't forget about the flagship show Beyond the Game where we debate and talk about sports in a comedic way that you've never, ever heard before. And we also got more shows coming down the line with the We Them Boys podcast, a show about all things Dallas Cowboy related. So make sure you tap into one of those shows. But anyways, let's see what the fellas is talking about. Let's get back to the show. welcome back y'all this is the uh, after break for the philadelphia eagles infinity link podcast your boy don jay and drew here to take you through the rest of the show uh we're gonna get into a little bit of previewing the redskins episode what we got coming up don all right so first we kind of already touched a little bit on it but inactives this week are quest tanner mckee sydney brown rashad penny justin evans uh, Tyler Steen and Moro Jomo. Um, with it, as you already said, we're facing one of the bottom rush uh, defenses in the league, which is actually surprising because that front seven for the commander is pretty good. Yeah, isn't isn't a slouch by any means, but um, hopefully the linebackers and the rest of them. 
I mean, I couldn't tell you who their safeties are. I couldn't tell you who their linebackers are. Um, you know, and it's just, I, you know, now granted, it is a Jack Del Rio defense. So we know they're not going to be completely garbage, but they're, they're just, they haven't looked very good so far this year. They got absolutely undressed last week, uh, 38 to nothing at one point was the score. Um, and I can't even remember who they played right now, but somebody that was kind of surprising to see them get beat like that. You thought it would be a lot closer of a game. Oh, the Bills. That's right. They played the Bills. The Bills absolutely undressed them last week. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and kind of looking at this game, uh, one of the most important matchups are working in our favor. Um, the Philly pass rush should be able to exploit a Washington defensive line that's allowed the most sacks in the NFL. Hassan has a revenge matchup against the Wiley guy. Um, Sam Howe hasn't been able to show him the ability to uh, the ability to get the ball out quick to help his protection. Also, um, our offensive line should be able to prevent the commander's defensive front from taking over the game. So the best case scenario for the commanders to win is that we let our guard down and take the opponent too lightly, which I find very hard to believe. You can't do it. You can't do it in a division game. Uh, you know, maybe maybe one of those against a. Uh, team from the AFC or something, you know, that maybe not be that great, but no, nah, I just don't see us doing it to a division opponent. Yeah, absolutely. And also, um, yeah, division opponent, we shouldn't let our guards down. And also the commanders gave us our first loss last year. So I'm pretty hey, sure, back. I'm pretty sure the coach. Yeah. So uh, the last time Jalen played, this is the last team he's lost to in the regular season. So uh, Jalen Hurts takes things very personal. Uh, they bought him and Nick Sirianni admitted that it was very personal for them to beat uh, Tampa Bay Monday night, um, considering that was the uh, stage of a playoff failure for us and one of the earlier failures for the Sirianni and Hurts era. Um, so, you know, they've obviously got to be taking it very personal that this is the team who took them from being undefeated last year, uh, beat them at home. Um, which is something you don't like to see. Only the Saints, of course. We lost a couple games at home last year. Um, so let's go, man. We got to protect our house. Absolutely. Um, big prediction here. I don't suspect the commanders will put up more than 14 on us. And um, I think we score over 30 this week as well. Uh, okay, I like it. Yeah. So what, I'll say 34 to 10, something like that. Okay, I can deal with it. I like it. I was saying 34-17 earlier this week, so I I can definitely vibe with that. So let's see. We got a couple of score predictions. We got touchdown predictions for Smitty and AJ today. Um, Another ball prediction. I think Hassan gets three-plus sacks. Woo! I was going to say ASAC, but you're going to say three plus. All right. Well, I'd love to see it. You know, I do think um, that'll be the most interesting thing to see right away. Um, and you'll be able to see that from their first offensive possession is how have they schemed for this defense? Uh, and what are they expecting out of our defense? Obviously, you know, Bradbury's going to play in the slot today. Uh, there's some talk about Ringo at safety some. Um, since we only have two active safeties on the roster going into the game, um, you know, but also we'll see if there's an elevation from the practice squad too. I, who got elevated this week? You normally see that before now because I think they have to have it in yesterday. 
Um, elevated this week, I know, of course, the punter was one. Bright man. And the other. Was it Devon again? The other, I believe, was a safety. Bear with me. I'm trying to pull it back up here. McCollum? Uh, yes, that's who it was. Okay, okay. Yeah. That makes sense. So, Devon did not get added this week, um, which, I mean, he didn't do a lot last week to show that he should be added again. Um, he'll hopefully get another chance as the year goes on. Uh, but I think they're going to feel pretty comfortable just having Covey as that specialist. I think you saw towards the end of that game, the last couple of kickoffs that we had, uh, I believe Covey returned him. Allen only returned like the first one or two. Yes, sir. Um, something else I want to see us be a lot better at, um, especially with the run game performing how it is. We need to be better with the play action. Um, a little worrisome. Um, I think the offense should be much better at play action than what it is, considering the run game. And, um, of course, with the new offensive coordinator and how DeAndre Swift is performing, um, that in the screen game um, should improve, but it hasn't yet. Um, I'd definitely love to see uh, us get Swift in some um, some screen action, um, especially with the way um, defenses are going to want to rush at us and kind of hurry up, uh, hurry up Hurts back there. Um, I think it kind of plays into our favor. I'd love to see um, Swift isn't the best in pass pro, but um, right. also I think we need to have him in those situations kind of as a release whether it's a quick chip and him bounce out, um, just to kind of get him out in space, of course. And, um, yeah, another thing I wanted to kind of put a nod to was Bradbury going to that slot and kind of helping um, eliminate half the field. Just to right. kind of guys know, ladies and gentlemen, how difficult it is to go from being a primarily outside corner to a slot, it's a huge difference. Because uh, when you're an outside cornerback, you really only have to worry about somebody, like, cutting in on you. You really don't have to yep. worry about the boundary as much. Of course, you don't want someone to beat you on the boundary. But um, in the slot, you kind of have to worry about a guy going both ways on you, um, a quick out, um, going in, double moves. Like, there's a lot more you have to be protective of. And, uh, Brad- and the quicker guys are always in the slot as well. So it seems like your fastest receiver on the other team primarily is going to be in that slot position. Yeah. Uh, I mean, do you have any more notes for this game or anything that you're looking forward to in this game? Um, uh, let me pull up for This is our first I think game. we got. Yeah, uh, the only other thing, man, uh, that I really want to see today, um, the miscues, man, was have been killing our offense since week one. Uh, just go back and look at And miscues, man, we're, we're not just talking about turnovers. Uh, this is, you know, where – Jalen is fully expecting uh, someone to go right and they go left and he throws the ball for them to go right. Uh, that's kind of what happened. Jalen expect on that interception. He expected, I believe, not Quest because he wasn't playing, Ozzy or whoever the slot guy was on that play to sit down and he, he broke inside and Jalen threw the ball for him to sit down, which when he sat down, if he just sat down, that's an easy catch and completion. But because the guy broke to the right, the corner who was left right there in the wake got the easy interception. I mean, the ball hit him right in the damn hands. It's probably the easiest pick of his career. Um, so, <clears throat> you know, in week one, there were some blocking assignments that were missed. Uh, just little things like that. So 
What I want to see from the Eagles today uh, is a clean game. Go out. You are clearly the better team. Go out and dominate your opponent. Leave no doubt. And let's just play a clean game, man. Keep everybody on the same page. Um, you know, I'm okay. Like we mentioned with that second interception from Jalen, I'm okay with that. If he throws another pick like that today, I will not complain at all. Uh, you know, but let's just make sure we're up 17 when we do it. So, um, you know, getting close to game time, guys. Make sure you check out all your favorite pregame uh, information and material. Hopefully, we can get this one out to you before the game goes on. Um, and yeah, man, let's go, birds. No, no miscues. Uh, and let's get these red zone issues. That was the last note that I had. Uh, offense, we are kind of right down there with Dallas. We're in the bottom eight of the league as far as red zone conversion is considered, or red zone success rate. Um, too many, too many stalls out in the red zone today. So, looking forward to uh, seeing if we can get that and the miscues uh, taken care of today. You got anything for us, man? Nah, that's it, man. Go birds, and we'll see you all. Yeah, very early in this week to go ahead and recap this game and uh look forward to the next one. Yep, yep. Go birds, guys. Get your green on. Let's get going. All right, Drew. Thank you for your time. And yeah, let yes, me sir. get my seat and warm up a little bit of football food so I can go ahead and sit real still. <laughs> yeah, I gotta go get my I got my Philly cheesesteak from Jersey Joe's last night. I'm uh I'm ready to get it raring and going and get this game going. Let's get this dub, guys. All right, Drew and Don now, Infinity Link Podcast. Again, thank you all for the listeners for tuning in. We'll come back with another episode for you. And last but not least, go Birds. Go Birds.